Welcome to the most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Featuring at least three different books every week. Starring Martha Steele. The weirder the book, the better. Funny Golden. Historical fiction with a side of trauma porn. Keith Steigert. Reading the books your mother warned you about. These people are passionate about books be a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Actually, any parties in general that you're invited to, like by even if you're invited by a good friend, you still don't know most of the people at the party. Yeah. And you're like, oh, hi. (laughs) I'm a friend from (laughs) high school. Our boys play soccer together. <laughs> no, no, I live downtown Tuttle. No, I don't make a six-figure salary or and I don't have a portfolio. <laughs> I'm going to go over here and hang out with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I hate? Sports ball parties. Yes. Actually, they're okay because you have something you can focus on. You focus on the TV. I can't. Because I fucking hate sports. I know, but the reaction of the people around you is enough for to keep me entertained. I went to this one sports party, wow. and um, it was an Oklahoma team playing a West Coast team. I'm not going to name specifics, but there was one person there that nobody really knew. He was just kind of like a co-worker of the husband or something, and this guy was loud, and very cheery and booey through the whole thing. Cheery, and listen to this. Cheery and booey. <laughs> Those are two. You know, very descriptive. Extra- <laughs> <laughs> he's really cheery right now. Oh man, he's booey. <laughs> Boo. Booey. <laughs> but there was a very bad call. I mean, I don't even am not hugely into sports and I know that it was a bad call and this guy just went ballistic bullshit exactly (laughs) like that ref doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground and just kept going on and after the part everybody was like agreeing with him and like oh yeah I know I know and so supportive (laughs) and then as soon as he left he's like did you hear that asshole going on and on about that (laughs) call and I'm going I thought he was entertaining. <laughs> and that right there, the reason I don't go to sports ball parties. Because they're like, that girl wasn't looking at the TV at all. I'm just here for the food. <laughs> I'm only here because you forced me to come. <laughs> I thought you said there'd be wine. When you first move into a neighborhood, that's how people socialize. They go to these things. And I I could, you know, I'd go to one. And then I'd, I'd see the nearest person. I'd say, so... Have you read any good books lately? And, of course, that's my go-to. And inevitably, it's, I haven't read a book since high school. So, yeah. Did I tell you that when you first met me? Because I know you asked me that question. Mm, I don't remember hating you when we first met. (laughs) Um, I think I was reading Twilight when I met you. And so I told you Twilight, and you're like, we need to change that. Did I say that? No. Oh. No, you were nice. You're like, but I could tell oh. your thoughts about the Twilight by the look on your face. You're not very subtle, Martha. Yeah, I need to work on my uh, inside face. <laughs> Just push it. Push it way far to the back. <laughs> Come on, Keith, join in. That's not one of my favorite songs. It's not one of mine either. I, in fact, I probably couldn't tell you any of the lyrics. Okay. Oh, there's not really very many lyrics in that song, are there? Yeah, there actually is. I could sing yeah. along with it if it was on the radio or something. Mm. I don't know if I could just sit here and spout out something. Won't you come give me a kiss? You better make it fast or else I'm going to get pissed. Really? Oh. Jeez, I didn't even know. Because every I time see that something song- pumping hard, like I wish you would push it. Push well. it. Well, good. See, now that might not be completely accurate. Um, I'm just going off of memory, and well, I'm telling you right now that I when that song old. came out, 
the radio station that I worked for in Wyoming refused to play it because it was too filthy. It's pretty filthy. <laughs> it's pretty filthy. Why do you think I listen to it so much? There used to be a song. I don't know if I even remember the name of it, but I used to sing it to my grandma just because she hated it. <laughs> but it was Somebody Farted. I don't think I've ever heard that one, Monty. Like, somebody farted, oh, or somebody farted, standing in the welfare line. Everybody behind, it wasn't mine. <laughs> I don't know. It was a stupid song. Oh, my God. I know, I know that one. <laughs> was it a country song? No. Really? <laughs> it totally sounds like one, though. Come on. That's only because I twanged it up. <laughs> There, we got another Vonnieism <laughs> to go with the cheery and booey. I twanged it up. I twanged that up. Farted. <laughs> well, at least you're not standing in the welfare line. <laughs> Vonnie and I have this continual problem that when we get together, one of us is always uncomfortable. One's too hot or one's too cold. When it's too, when it's just right for Vonnie in here, my teeth chatter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, reach in for the sweater. Too bad I didn't have my slanket. Your slanket? Yep. Is that the... Is that what it's called? The one that I gave you? With the sleeves? A snuggie. Yeah. No. It's a slanket. They're a the same thing, except the slanket was a little bit nicer than the snuggie. Well, no. snuggie doesn't... A, a snuggie well, is know, only Martha's, a halfsies. Martha's kind of... High class, high maintenance, Martha. I gotta have the slanket. Dude, you bought me the slanket. I know. And you love it, right? I do. <laughs> Actually, there's somebody at work that has one like that, too. Um, it's it so comfy. Looks almost just like yours, except hers is pink. <laughs> oh, by the way, Keith, I wanna apologize for blowing up the messenger all over all of this. Um, <laughs> local shit that you guys can't participate in. I feel bad. Okay. I just... You just ignore us? Pretty you much. <laughs> bitches are crawling without me. Well, it's still and good to keep them in the loop. They know what's going on, at least. Yeah. And yeah. if we ever do another one, I mean, maybe somebody will want to come down. So, I think... I mean, if I was in Keith's position, I would still want to know. So, what happened in the book world this week? Anything? Do you hear any gossip, Keith? Mm-mm. No. Oh, I know what happened in the book world this week. Everybody was talking. No, they weren't. That was from last year. So you might have heard the controversy that was going around about the Hugo Awards. Let me read. Are they science fiction? Yeah. Let me tell you about what happened. So Babel, remember that book? That was a really good yeah. book, actually. Um, got enough um, votes to be nominated and it didn't get nominated because they fucking cheated. And of course- Babbled in or the reward awards? The awards cheated. So everybody was really pissed off about it. But anyway, so they've been having issues and this time last year there was an article that came out about how you could, how, how you could become a voter for the Hugos. And I think it was Book Riot that posted it again. So guess who is now a Hugo voter? <laughs> Me. I feel like Chuck Tingle was nominated for one of those once. Pro could be. I mean, he. I feel like it was a big deal because. <laughs> yeah, he was a finalist in 2016 for Space Raptor Butt Invasion. Oh, my freaking God. <laughs> Well, I'll list space if Space Raptor Butt Invasion can make in the nominations and Babel can't, there's something fucking wrong. Well, that's why I was like, you said that about the Hugos. And I, I feel like Chuck Tingle did this whole grassroots thing where he got like, he just was like, wouldn't it be funny if I got nominated? Everybody go vote. So <laughs> I'm surprised that a real book had a hard time with it. It was a really good book, too. I'm just hoping this year will be better. I don't know. There's a lot of people that secretly like butt play. That's true. You know, does, does Chuck Tingle have anything out this year <laughs> that would qualify as science fiction? Because 
Camp Damascus? I don't know. Camp Damascus is not science fiction. It's more horror. Yeah, that's probably true. Does horror and science fiction, are they the same thing sometimes? I don't know how much you, I, I mean, sometimes. every, uh, most sometimes. books are a couple of different things, so. Yeah, that's true. Because you can have a I science fiction I don't know how much that's... sci-fi you have to have in your book to be yeah. a hero. I don't know, oh. but that's a good question. That's that's worth looking into. What, is, do, what else does Chuck Tingle have out right now? Any good butt, butt play books? <laughs> or is he <laughs> trying, he's trying real hard to be legitimate lately, though. Yeah. He's trying to keep the butt play in the bedroom behind closed doors. I got to say that I tried to read Camp Damascus and I was not impressed. People are going no. on and on about how great it was and no thank you. Yeah, but you really hate the subject matter. Yeah, you're right. I really do. Did you read it? No, I haven't gotten to it yet. Oh. Adam read it. What did he think? Sorry, Mr. Keith read it. No, he liked it a lot. Really? Huh. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for Mr. Keith, so... When you call him Adam, I'm like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Who the but I do Adam? believe that I told him that you didn't like it. And he was like, I don't think she got far enough into it because he it had a he had a hard time with it holding his attention mm -hmm. until he got to like 30 percent or something. Oh, yeah. I didn't um, get that far. Yeah. He's he he said that it was it was. He was pleasantly surprised by it, I think he said, but it took a while for him to understand exactly what the book was about. Like, he thought it was going to be about something else, and he didn't really like it. And hmm. I mean, I can't speak to it a lot, because I had, I had high hopes to read it, and then it just didn't happen. Hmm. Well, I mean, you still can. There's time. Yeah, I wanted to read it for Spooky Month. So now I, I, I so now I've just put it in the back of my like mind until next spooky until next month. spooky month. Yeah. It's good to have a plan in place. That's right, because <laughs> you know I'm not gonna read it. Yeah, and we're always just freaking juggling trying to get books in October. At least me, because I never do anything in advance. My problem is I did a bunch of books early last year because I didn't think we were gonna do spooky month. Mm hmm. I did that, too. I read because a bunch we, of books in February for some reason. Yeah, so did I. I it was because it was when they came out. There were a Me bunch too. of really... And, and I thought yeah. to myself, why aren't these coming out, like, around spooky season? Yeah. Like, why are they coming out now? There was one particular one, Gothic, that I really should have included. I should have left it until October because it was really horrifically awfully. And he, that's the, one of the ones I suggested for your friend. Yeah. Damn that. I don't was... remember if I told her about that one or just I know I told her the one that you said was almost too much for you and she definitely put that on her to read list. <laughs> she wanted to know how <laughs> how bad it was. I if I couldn't handle it. I don't even remember what I told you but I'd have to look at our team our messages at work, our teams. Should we start our books? There's only just the three of us today. There's a guy in here who is uh, cleaning the station, and he's got, he looks like a Ghostbuster. He's, he's got, like, a canister <laughs> vacuum, I know, on his back. <laughs> he had a cap on, and there are windows in between the studios, and so Echo could see him over there, and he's got this big-ass Ghostbuster thing on his back. Echo's all freaked out now. She's like, fuck. <laughs> She's okay. It's like, okay. Who's that man in the mirror? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe she thinks that's a growl. <laughs> oh, there's the growl. <laughs> she makes the funniest noise sometimes. All right. So okay, so books. Yes, books, please. Books. So I read one that I can use for the reading challenge since I really haven't read anything for the reading challenge yet. Oh, wait. Question. Do we have to review the books that we use for the reading challenge? Nope. Okay. And actually, I could probably put this in two categories or maybe three. Do we have to do one book for each yes. category? You can't, you can't double so dip. So I got to pick. Yep. No double dipping. Nope. No double dipping. <gasps> you guys are such... 
Dude, Megan made, Megan and Keith are the are the experts on this. It's my first time. I'm I'm a list virgin. I'm a list virgin too, and I don't think I like the rules here. <laughs> That's why when Megan asked me like, "How many have you fulfilled?" I'm like, "Well, dude, I can't decide yet because you have to decide like which book is going to slot because you never know. You might accidentally read something and you're like, "Crap, that would have fit in this category, but I already have a book in this category." Like, you know what I mean? Oh. Okay, well, this is going to fit into a category that is yet to be named. <laughs> <laughs> Because it See, has that's a that's what I would do. <laughs> it has a purple cover. It was a little trauma porny, and it has a girl on the front. Well, walking away, right? Not walking away. No, actually, what to no, the side? Right. To the side? Ah, yeah. yeah. To the side? To the oh, side? Oh yeah, yeah. To the yeah. front. Um, the actual book cover. I don't remember if there's a woman on the. front. Front. Like the the audio book cover has it, but I can't remember what's on the book book cover, the physical book cover. I know the physical book cover is more purple than mm. this one. But so the book that I am going to review this week is called uh, The Girl with a Louding Voice by Abi Dare. This is about a girl who's 14 and she lives in rural Nigeria. Her name is Abduni and her family is a, is poor they live in a small village um her mom died uh it sounds like maybe from tuberculosis because there was blood in her cough so i'm thinking that might be what it was but they don't really say but it was when Ab- when abuni was still pretty little and at the time she was going to school and one of the things that her mother promised her because she made her father promise was to keep Abuni in school. Well, of course, you know, life happens and he tells Abuni that she can no longer go to school. She's heartbroken because her mother has told her that the only way that she can better her life is with an education. And then because they're so poor and they can't pay their community rent, um, he basically sells her into marriage with an older gentleman. And all of this happens pretty quick, so it's not too much of a spoiler. <clears throat> and, um, of course, you know, she's 14 years old, marrying a guy who's probably maybe, like, in his 40s. Um, he has children that are her age already. And... Uh, she's his fourth wife, I believe, fourth or fifth wife. I can't remember which. And she's married to this guy against her will, has to go into his household and be one of several wives. And of course, you know, the guy's not extremely nice at all. And she just doesn't like her life. And through the whole book, all she wants to do really is go back to school. She wants to go back to school, get an education, and she wants to be a teacher and better herself and better her family and help other women. And then I'm not going to say specific details, but events happen, and she ends up having to leave the village in a hurry, and she is sold into a housekeeping position for somebody in Lagos. And Mm. um, she sold into this housekeeping position. And I say sold because she, the person who takes her to work at this house gets a commission and she never actually gets a paycheck the whole time that she's there. Jesus. Into this um, housekeeping position in Lagos, which is like a huge city. So she's, coming from this this village, this little village, into this huge city that she has no clue about big cities whatsoever. But she's still kind of excited because she thinks that maybe um, the madam of the house, and that's not, you know, a madam in the terms that we would think. It just means the head of the house <laughs> um, is going to let her go to school 
And then, of course, she's awful, and her husband is a creep, and she doesn't have the chance to go to school or anything, but the chef who works in the house is really nice to her and kind of tells her, well, you know, they have this huge library. You have to dust it. Books. Books are learning material, and so she starts reading books. And then events happen, and she meets um, a lady who's very nice to her, kind of takes her under her wing, and helps her better her situation. I'm not going to go into details because I want you to read the book and find out, but it's it's just a minefield of trauma throughout this poor girl's life. Hence the trauma porn tag. Yes, exactly. And it was it was a very good book. The only problem I had with it is I think this might have been translated. Oh, yeah. So the English was very, um, it was broken. <coughs> um, and also, Abu Ni, one of the things that she needs to learn to be able to better herself in schooling is how to speak proper English. So her English is very spotty. It's spotty. And that, and that would make sense for a character to sound, yeah, yeah. So I actually had to lower this down to regular speed when I was listening to it because, (laughs) for one thing, the accent was so thick yeah, and the English was broken. I mean, you can still understand what she means. It's just everything is phrased so differently Mm -hmm. that I it took me a minute, so I couldn't read it real fast, so... But it was it was good. It kept me, um, it kept me wanting to read it. Kept me wanting more. Um, yeah, and it was. I would definitely recommend it, but keep in mind that there is. Um, Triggers. It's violent uh. in places. There is abuse in places. And I don't think there's any harm to animals. There could be. I can't remember. Mm. It was it was pretty brutal in spots. And um but it was still really good. I'm already <laughs> over here in the no thank you section. <laughs> it was definitely worth the read, even if I did have to listen to it at regular speed and not speed it up, <laughs> which means that it took me longer to read it. But that's okay. I'll allow it because it was a good book. And that, again, is called The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dare. One of the reasons that I remembered her voice, I just wanted to put this one thing in. And if Megan was here, she would be able to back me up on this. But in the Twilight movies, when uh, the Voltaire, whenever they say uh, Bella's name, they're like, Bella. It's a Bella. And they say Abune's name a lot like that. Abune. <laughs> this book it made me think of it. It was just, just so weird. Abune. <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> so that's it. That's all I got. All right. Okay. Oh, Keith, my darling. My mm. joy. My sweet library woman. Sweet Keith, my friend. (laughs) I think there must have been something in Bonnie's Chipotle. (laughs) Or maybe it was in mine, too. (laughs) What did you bring this week? So the book I'm reviewing this week is called At the Coffee Shop of Curiosities by Heather Weber. This book is about our main character is Ava. It opens and her ex-boyfriend has just died like a month prior. And I mean, he he wasn't old or anything. He he was in an accident and it was really sudden. And she is kind of struggling through life. And 
she received and she, so one day uh, everything kind of ha happens really strangely like one day she's in her house and this butterfly like flies in the window and there's like a little breeze and she sees this butterfly and then she notices that this letter has kind of fallen off her big pile of mail waiting to be opened and she looks at it and it's this crumpled up like crumpled up and then kind of spread out smooth yeah smoothed. like smooth back out mm -hmm. and then somebody has sent it to her with no return address and there's a little note like in the margins and it's this um job listing and in the margins there's like a little note and she thinks it's her ex-boyfriend's handwriting but she's not sure because it's not signed ah. but um and this job listing is for a caretaker for a grumpy old man and a grumpier cat and um there's also a ghost in the house so the people who whoever's like responding has to be okay with all these things um and so for whatever reason and this girl um she's an epileptic and she's in remission right now but it's the kind of thing where she is always freaked out and her mother is very concerned about her um and she's led this sheltered life because of her diagnosis so she's in cincinnati she gets this letter she's and it says like um to be at the car at this coffee shop at 9 a.m on monday and it's i think saturday or sunday she basically drives all night it's the first time she's ever left the state and she drives all night to this coastal town in Alabama to apply for this position. Huh. And when she gets there, the person who's placed the ad is this woman named Maggie. And she owns the coffee shop. So the whole book is told either in Ava's point of view or in Maggie's point of view. And this town is really quaint and cute and sweet and... It's the kind of town um, where Megan would love it. Um, people like don't drive cars. They drive golf carts places. So um, she gets to the coffee shop and Maggie is. Maggie owns the coffee shop and in this coffee shop is this little corner and she calls it her curiosity corner. And Maggie has this gift where she will be looking at she'll be looking at different things or she'll be looking at it like a thrift sale or she'll go to like a rummage sale or whatever and or she'll even just find something on the ground and sometimes she'll get a feeling about it and so those things she collects and she puts on these shelves in her coffee shop and then every once in a while she will find a person who gives her another feeling and so she her one of the things she loves in her life is that she puts the curiosity, the weird object with the person that it's meant to go to. And so then the objects, most of the time they either spark a memory or <coughs> they um, kind of give them a hint as to where they should be going in their future. And um, so she's like an Oracle kind of, but in the shop next door, she only does the curiosity. Like she just feels the feeling and she knows which object needs to go with a person. Now in the shop next door, there's this weird old woman who does see things. She's like an Oracle. Like she sees things in people's past. She sees things in people's futures. Um, the whole book is very, I didn't even know this was a, a genre, but it's a magical realism book. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of weird, unexplained things that happen in the town. And Maggie also has um, health issues. She has very high blood pressure. And it basically, if she, sh she needs to constantly remain calm because she is at risk for a major stroke. She had like a, uh, I forget what it's called, but she had like a smaller stroke and now she's three times more likely to have a big one. So she also has um, like a health issue. And 
it's kind of hard to explain exactly what the plot is because there are just so many irons in the fire with this book. Um, it's basically about this town and all the cute, sweet people that live in it. It's a small kind of town, so everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows all their stories and all their history and stuff. So when a new person comes, it's this huge deal. So when Ava comes to the, the town, I mean, she is the it girl and she is the focus of all the gossip for weeks. But it's this really amazing, sweet story about all these different ways that um, the magic in the town kind of brings people together. A lot, There's a lot of like tragedies that have happened and there's a lot of working through all the different everybody kind of has the has their things going on and so with the curiosities they help people to find what they're supposed to be doing an example would be when ava comes the first as soon as maggie meets her she has a feeling about her and she goes and finds this thimble and and then um ava kind of remembers that her grandmother taught her how to sew and she hasn't sewn in years but she starts sewing again and it like makes her feel closer to this beloved grandmother but also gives her it gives the town all sorts of great stuff like um there's a little girl she has a brain tumor and she's going into the hospital and she's mutilated her favorite teddy bear because she got hold of some scissors and she kind of went to town on it. So because Ava gets this thimble, I mean, she remembers how much she liked to sew and she sews up this bear for this little girl who's going into the hospital for this huge operation. A little girl mm-hmm. who shanked her own teddy bear. Right. <laughs> so it's just all sorts of things like that. Like you find out all these th- things about the people in the town and and it almost turns into like a big soap opera, but without all the nasty drama. It's just you find out about all these different people's lives. And by the end, all these people are like connecting and you're finding out exactly what they mean to each other. And I cried so much Aww. at this book. Um, it was really sweet. It. I don't say this often. I've said it about Cerulean Sea. This book just felt like when I was done, I felt like I was enveloped in this big, warm, fuzzy hug. Heather Weber is a favorite author of mine. I started out reading her romances and now she has gotten into this magical realism kind of thing where like she writes about just phenomenon that can't really be explained, but just you're happy that they exist kind of thing. So this was a really good one by her. This was her latest. And uh, it's just really sweet and really fun. And that was called At the Coffee Shop of Curiosities by Heather Weber. You know what I love the most about what we do? Hmm. I love the look on someone's face when they're talking about a book that they really loved. (laughs) I'm sitting here and I'm watching Keith and she just blossoms when she talks about a book that she loves. It's just so cool. I wish you guys could see it. (laughs) We can't video this podcast because Keith's in Pennsylvania. Well, that and no one wants to see this. And I have a face for radio for a podcast. Same, same. Not vlogs. You don't really want to watch the Crypt Keeper talk about books. (laughs) Well, maybe you do if you're into horror. Yeah, Keith doesn't have a bra on most of the time. She <laughs> hasn't done anything with her hair. No one wants to see it. <laughs> anyway, moving right along to what I chose for this week. You may have heard me talk before about how much I like Graham Norton's writing style. He's yeah. mostly known for his chat show in Britain. Hmm. Very famous. But he is one of the best writers of mystery novels. And the reason that they're so good is because he adds in an element of softness. But funniness at the same time. I don't know if that's a good explanation or not. But So the main character will kill you with a smile on his face 
as he's feeling bad about it. I'm really sorry I need to do this, but I'm going to have to stab you no. in the heart. It, you'll know when I start to explain the Small the tear. <laughs> Small tear. No, he is a phenomenal <laughs> writer. I agree. He really, he really, really is. The book that I'm reviewing this week is called Forever Home by, by Graham Norton. And it starts out and it's about Carol, who is a woman who is a school teacher and... I think she still is a school teacher. Yeah, she's a school teacher. And she, I can't remember the exact details about her husband. It's not really relevant because she is single for a long time and then she meets or falls in love with this fellow teacher who's quite a bit older than her. He, uh, she, they had both been married before and, well, they, and they didn't get married. That's an important key plot line here because she's his girlfriend and she moves in with him and they live together for like 10 years or so she's got a child from another marriage and he has two from his first wife turns out that he's actually still married to his wife but his but his wife left when the kids were small and just disappeared so when we begin the story, she, Carol, is noticing that her husband is going through some lapses. And pretty soon they figure out that he's got early onset Alzheimer's. So <clears throat> he freaks out because he doesn't recognize her or something and knocks her down the stairs and gets real violent, basically, because he's... His memory is gone. So she finally agrees that he needs to go into a home. Well, his kids swoop in and take over. So she's been with him for 10 years, and they live together. But yet, she has no say in his medical treatment. She realizes that before he got sick, he gave his oldest, he gave his son power of attorney. Oh. oh, damn. And so there's all this really confusing stuff. It doesn't make any sense. She can't figure out why. Because they made a life together, you know? She doesn't understand why in the hell he gave the son power of attorney. Because they don't They don't even... They're not estranged, but they don't really not get close. along very well. And it's just a really weird thing. Eventually... Declan, who is the boyfriend, dies in the, uh -huh. nurse, in the nursing home. Well, the kids show up over at her house and say, okay, we're selling it out. <gasps> and so, she's not on the deed or anything, no, right? Nope, she's not. Mm -hmm. So they basically throw her out. Well, her parents are fairly well-to-do. And the kids are so eager to get the house sold that they, you know, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, put the house on the market. Well, her dad decides, fuck this guy. I'm going to buy this house. So he buys the house. Nice. Well, they they go over the first night. And she, like I said, she's lived there for 10 years. But the house is empty now. And she doesn't really want to live there anymore, you know, because it's sad and whatnot. So... She decides they'll fix up the house and they'll sell it for a profit. So they go into the house and the how the all the power the kids turn the power off. So the the how the power's been off for like two weeks or something like that, a week and a half, a week, something like that. So when the when she and her parents walk into the house, there's a stench like you would not believe and. The, evidently the neighbors have been complaining about it and everything like that. So she doesn't have any idea where the hell. They think maybe something happened to the sewer or whatever. So finally they, they discover where the smell's coming from. It's coming from the basement. She finally talks her dad in, or her dad leaves or something, and it's her and her mom, and they're looking in the basement. And there's this puddle of ooze coming out from underneath the wall. They knock mm -hmm. a hole in it, and they find a freezer behind a false wall. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I that's mean, not good. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm, my mind is just... First, I'm like, oh, my God, it's the it's the wife who disappeared. And, you know, all this crazy stuff starts running through your mind. I have to tell you that it is one of the best. It almost reads like a caper in the middle because Carol <laughs> and her mother, finally, they get the power turned back on and they finally open it up to see who's in there. So they're trying to hide it from her dad because they're afraid they don't want they don't want him to call the cops because they don't want Declan's name to be be smirched mm. or whatever, you know. And the fact that she lived with them for 10 years and didn't know about this. So there's all this stuff and it's it's very much it's almost like slapstick at some point, some points because of the cops and how they, you know, <laughs> all, how they proceed from that point forward. I could so see this being made into a movie, but they would fuck it up and it would make me mad. It was very much like a caper, though. <laughs> and and it was funny. Sounds but, like it could be a movie like Airplane oh, with Leslie Nielsen. Well, no, wouldn't it wouldn't be that funny, but... Oh. Because there were a lot of kind of sad bits in it and whatnot, but it was absolutely enjoyable from beginning to end. And I need to remind myself how much I love this book when I get to the end of the year because I read three five-star books back-to-back, and this was one of them. God damn, I love this book. Graham Norton is, like, on my list of authors to meet eventually because he's just amazing. Oh, and he has an Irish accent. Did I say that? That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so I loved having that audio book in my ear, Graham. (laughs) Anyway, you should get this book because it was really good. It was called Forever Home by Graham Norton. Awesome. Did you read this one, Keith? I haven't read that one, no. You should. It was really good. I, I I definitely have it on my list now. I wish there were more books in that kind of a category that were fun, that, that are mysteries that have kind of a funny vein running through them, you know? Mm. What's the matter? Your legs hurt? Your butt falls asleep? My back hurts. Oh, sorry. You know I struggle with these chairs. <laughs> Bonnie goes through this thing where all of a sudden the chair will just kind of squirt out <laughs> from underneath her. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing. <clears throat> I have a problem with chair squirts. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. I got the chair squirts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to stand a minute. <laughs> I have the chair squirts. <laughs> We're getting really excited about this whole book bookstore crawl that we're planning. I it I hope it's successful because we're really getting some good feedback from the community and I hope the weather turns out to be nice. That would yeah. suck if we get shitty weather. You know, February it's oh. it's always up in the air in Oklahoma. It could be eighty, it could be twenty. Yeah. Last year last year was cold though, so I'm kinda hoping. I don't mind the cold so long as there's nothing falling from the sky. Oh, well, yeah, there's that. Well, it was really windy and cold last year. Yeah, but we're going to go into bookstores. Yeah, it's true. We're going to be inside. And if it's cold, then it will give us an excuse to stop at a coffee shop. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's a woman after my own heart right there. Yeah. More excuse to stop at coffee shops. (laughs) None of the bookstores have coffee in them? They so might. We don't know yet because we haven't been to any of these bookstores. I think we're going to do a dry run where maybe we'll go visit some of them first because they're all over the city. Mm-hmm. And they're, most of them are newer. Yeah. I've only been to two of the books on the list and we're going to seven. If it's that... going to be a busy day. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. We need to see what their pet policy is. <laughs> <laughs> Echo says she she needs to go get some books. (laughs) How to train your human. How to train your dog to read. There was one. um, (laughs) What? I was just thinking, well, at least she's not blind, so she wouldn't have to get the braille. Oh, my God. The dog is is already deaf, so it's a good. And then I pictured it. (laughs) 
dog. I'm trying to read with his paw. Doggy Braille. <laughs> Jesus, funny. Doggy Braille. Because so many dogs read. <laughs> That's why she's laughing. She can't stop now. Because she's picturing the doggy Braille. <laughs> Sorry. Echo's looking at her like, you crazy bitch. <laughs> she's like... <laughs> <laughs> You're standing up. Why aren't we leaving? Is what she's saying I right know. now. I was going to say something a minute ago and I don't remember what it was. You lost your train of thought. <sighs> I only know what I was going to say. We were talking about coffee. Uh, I was riding the elevator at work and cute guy got on with a cup of coffee. And wait, I said, wait, 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 wait. Back that fucking truck up. <laughs> you buried the lead. I have never heard about cute guy. Well, cute guy works on fourth floor. I work on second floor. And I am decrepit, so I take the elevator up to the second floor. Sometimes I take the stairs, but mostly the elevator, especially after walking half a mile in from the parking lot. And cute guy has the same schedule as me, I think, because I ride up with him a lot, actually. And he had a cup of coffee the other day. I'm like, man, your coffee smells good. And he looked at me, and he's like, does it? I'm like, Yes. <laughs> So, you know that pickup line doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, hmm, that coffee smells good. And he's like, do they have coffee for you up there? If I say no, will you give me some? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I'm sensing a whole new line, a whole new narrative line that's going to exist from this now, moment forward because... Cute guy is always just going to be cute coffee guy in the elevator because he's probably... Only like 35. I knew it. I knew he's it was young. a young guy. Because Bonnie's a cradle snatcher. I mean, he's older than Tyler, <laughs> so it would be allowed, but still. <laughs> it would be allowed because she, he's older than her son. <laughs> but still. <laughs> what? I don't think that we never say anything about Leo and his stupid, I don't date anyone over 25 thing. <laughs> and how old is he? Like forty-five. He's like my age. Yeah. Are you talking, I was talking about say, DiCaprio? He's like yeah. almost fifty. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if he can do it, then women can surely do it. Yeah, but I haven't been in a bunch of movies and have like you know a million dollars. Well, you know, I can't say that. <laughs> I was gonna say you still have a coochie. I do. <sighs> And as far as I know, it still functions. <laughs> hey, ma'am, this is how Stella got her groove back. Come on, Stella! Giddy up! <laughs> I'm going to have to go home and practice. <laughs> I can't wait for this whole narrative line. This is going to be great. <laughs> the cute guy narrative line. We used to have hot neighbor, and then we had cute neighbor. Mm -hmm. Now we have cute elevator guy. Loving an elevator, living it up when I'm going down. Yeah, too bad it's, it's only one say floor. Cute coffee guy. Yeah, cute coffee guy. I like that better. coffee guy. What'd you say? It cute rolls coffee off guy. The tongue. Yeah. Off the Next cute. time I'm gonna have to pay attention where he got that coffee. Maybe you should just ask him. Chat him up, Bonnie. Say, hey, uh, where'd you get that coffee? <laughs> I wish, you, I wish you could see what she does to her face when she says that. Her nose crunches up like a bunny. She looks so fucking cute, man. I only do it for you, baby. I mean, if he doesn't fall for that, what kind of a cute guy is he anyway? He might be a cute married guy. I've never actually looked at his hand to see if he's wearing a ring. Okay, that's your next job. Check out the hand. I could pretend like I'm looking at the coffee cup. So, uh... Um, uh, where'd you get that coffee? What's that emblem on the side? Is that a ring on your finger? No. <laughs> There's your, your coffee shop book story. No, really what you need to do is, um, trip. Maybe I need a curiosity corner. <laughs> what? Isn't that what she called it in your book? Curiosity corner? Yeah. Keith? Yeah. Maybe I need a curiosity corner. <laughs> what are we going to do with a curiosity Um. <laughs> Uh, something that's probably going to get me called up to HR. <laughs> Just so you know, I have this weird gift where I like find objects and then I find the people that belong to these objects. And 
it's weird, but you, you matched with my phone number. <laughs> excuse, me, excuse me, but this is this your butt plug? <laughs> oh my God. It and then out. you took it to a terrible place. <laughs> Where well, we were talking about butt stuff earlier. I just had to bring it back around. <laughs> I like the sparkly top. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to stop this conversation. Oh my God. Feels, wouldn't it be hilarious? Now I'm not going to be able to look at cute coffee guy. Because I'm going to be thinking sparkly Cute coffee plug. guy quickly became cute guy who might be into anal. <laughs> what exactly is going on in those jeans? <laughs> wouldn't it be hilarious <laughs> if this guy is driving to work? listening to our podcast going hey i i rode up with a girl the other day that said that she liked the smell of my coffee holy shit, shit. i need to look up those pictures <laughs> no what what would be more likely to happen is that cute coffee guy's wife is listening to the podcast <laughs> oh, it's and it's worse. like you be careful in the elevator there are crazy people out there yeah we're we're not really known for our male listenership that's true but we might have some. I wonder if what, uh, you know, every once in a while I think about Scott. I wonder you if guys are going to be listens. so embarrassed when this woman ends up on your book crawl. <laughs> I know. She's going to show up just to see who we are. I'm going to say, Vonnie, that's the blonde one. <laughs> They'll listen to the podcast for the first time ago. Oh. Mommy, what's a butt plug? (laughs) (laughs) We need to put a warning on this. Do not listen with children in the car. Definitely not. Because if Megan's not here, we get kind of dirty. Yeah, Megan tends to uh, put a damper on our um, shenanigans. From the the dirty shenanigans. She does. She tries to divert us. I know. My mind cannot be diverted. How dare her try to keep us on task and talking about books and I think that's why positions. That bitch! <laughs> that's why I have high blood pressure. I'm trying to keep it all in. <laughs> Bonnie needs to let it out. It's medical. Megan is slowly killing me. <laughs> we haven't talked about blowjobs in a long time. I know. That elevator ride would not be long enough for a blowjob. <laughs> Listen, I'm good, but I don't know about one floor good. But I, think I that... wouldn't want to get on my knees in an elevator. <laughs> you don't know where that thing's been. Oh, I think that's going to do it for three, three book, book girls. If you made it this far, you are truly bookish. So go to Facebook and join your fellow book lovers on the Three Book Girls Squad. Follow Three Book Girls on socials and be on the lookout for their next live event. Proud of their lack of shelf control, Three Book Girls is a Steel Trap production. <laughs>